Good afternoon, welcome to Emmett Audio. <clears throat> so, being as it's a weekend, I decided not to carve anything today. And, and this morning, after I walked the dogs, I went for a paddle out on the lake. It's a big enough lake that I, I might be able to paddle all the way around the lake in one day, but I don't have that of flexibility with my time. And um, so I thought, okay, let me see how far I can go in three hours. And I managed to do a really lovely loop around some of the parts of the lake that I wanted to explore. And it's a lake that is basically has side-by-side -side houses the whole way. Um, and there's an interesting mix of older houses that are more modest and then some very fancy mansions um, and everything in between um, but by and large a lot of big uh, lovely houses and but there were four houses that I was struck by and I wanted to take this opportunity on the podcast to kind of try and muddle through what it was that made them just stand out head and shoulders above all the other houses. So the first thing that it seems to me is that the houses had location. One of the houses was at the south end of a big island, sort of, um, but then like back, it, it was facing south, but it was back behind a, a sort of the perfect amount of trees. Um, big white pines that were all leaning away from the house so they didn't pose a rift to it, but provided just the perfect amount of shade for the amount of sun exposure that it had. Uh, another house had uh, a little island all to itself. Another house uh, was on um, what was technically an island but really felt like a peninsula, sort of all the way at the end by itself, again facing south. And the fourth one was on a promontory on the edge of the lake so that it had um, 270 degrees views of the lake and also and and also all four of these houses sort of felt very private to the other houses around them so it seems to me that you know for a great house you need a great location but there were plenty of other great locations where the houses just weren't as good so what else was going on all four of the houses were um, large complex houses without being sort of complex for complexity's sake. So all four of the houses had a sort of basic shape to it. Two of them were farmhouse style and two of them were gambrel roofed. Um, but then clearly over time there had been or various things added on a really cool diagonal porch on one um, one of them had a, a very cool front porch that was on the gable end this is the one on the, the south end of the island where the above the porch was a room in the house so the house itself formed the porch the, the, the structure of the house formed the overhang of the porch um, something you see in Vermont actually quite a lot um, but it just seemed like you would have this wonderful bedroom up above the porch that, you know, would catch all the breezes and the light and the views. Um, and it seemed like a very cool 
so there were a lot of cool details to that sort of built into the house. Um, one of the houses had a balcony uh, built onto the roof. They just they had they had good details and sort of details that sort of were organically added to the structure that was a fairly simple although imposing structure. You know, like a big version of the thing, not a small version of the thing. Um, all of the houses were probably built around 1900, would be my guess. Um, and this is probably where, you know, this is an aesthetic choice, but, you know, they all had, um, I think houses back then were built um, with a strong vernacular sense and with natural materials that were, that just have aged really well, um, that haven't felt dated. Um, but that just feel, um, you know, clapboards and shingles and, and windows that have real mullions between the panes. Um, you know, where the thing is not a signifier of the thing, the thing actually is the thing itself. So much of architecture today has things that signify the thing, but in a sort of fake way, you know, so you'll have a stone wall that is not, a, it just has a facade of stone in front of cinder block or whatever, right? It's not a structural stone wall. It feels different to have a stone wall that is structurally there and is also a stone wall, but, you know, it's structurally stone wall through and through. And that's the quality that these houses had. You know, all four of them sort of felt like the sort of places where you could be that you could live graciously with a family none of them there were two of them were sort of more grand than the other two actually it was the two gambrel roof ones were the more slightly grander ones but none of them were crazy grand they were not talking mansions um all of them were well maintained this i think is a big one you know they all Sorry, Maisie. You okay, sweetie? Here, let's get this leash out from under your paw. There you go. You know, all of them had fresh paint, had, you know, like they had been well-maintained things. And it, not in a fussy way, but just in a, I value this thing and I will maintain it as it needs to be maintained. And that's a really rare and precious thing also because you know, the vicissitudes of life mean that people's ability to maintain what they have comes and goes. And, you know, probably the fact that the houses were on the more modest side, right? They're not modest houses by the average sense, but in terms of some of the mansions along the lake, um, they were not mansions. And I think that that helps in the sense that, um, let's say you have this house, Um, you know, it felt like the sort of house that I could maintain by, like, I could keep it painted by myself. It would be a big job, but, you know, well, I do keep a house like that painted. They've, they're, all of these houses were the size of my house at home or bigger. Um, bigger in a sort of a rambling sort of a way. 
I would say not necessarily bigger in a sort of overall more gigantic sort of way. Well, one of them was more gigantic. But I guess my point is that having a house where you can maintain it over time, even as your um, resources fluctuate, I think seems to go a long way towards the house being an, uh, a special house, you know, that's, and, and there are any number of houses throughout New England that are falling apart that were special houses and then circumstances changed. So that's no small thing. And then, uh, you know, I guess what I would say about these, these houses is that all four of them felt like the sort of place where you could go and that they were set up for regular living, not just relaxing in a sort of summer home sort of way. And that's a hard thing to articulate exactly what's different there, but, um, you know, so many of these mansions, Willa, come here, Willa, no, Willa, come here, come here, Willa, come here. Good girl. So many of these mansions are just clearly set up, you know, to sit in the Adirondack chairs on the dock and take the boat out and sit around a fire pit with people and have your big windows overlooking the lake. And that's such a small, it's like such a weirdly stylized vision of what life could be. It's not appealing to me at all. And when I think about, you know, when you think about your house that you live in all the time, like, what does it do? It has to do so many, so many different things than that. So many different things than the sort of quintessential summer lake house that just has a ton of bedrooms and and, um, I don't know, a big, uh, big living room with a giant TV and, I don't know. So these houses had the location, they had the, the sort of the construction and materials from 120 years ago. They'd been well-maintained and they had the complexity and I'm excited to go paddle around other stretches of the lake and add to the list. I suspect there's probably 10 or so houses around the lake that are really something special. In my experience, any town has, you know, five to 10 properties that are just the best. Um, maybe not the fanciest, but just the best. They have the best location combined with the best overall quality of being awesome to live in. And certainly not looking to buy a place, nor would I be in a position to buy one of these places. But, you know, I think somehow through luck and a lot of looking, we were able to buy the equivalent of one of these houses in the town that we live in. Um, that's a great location. It had been maintained well enough that we were able to fix it up. And, uh, 
and it was a house that was built in a way that you would only build a house 150 years ago. Um, and I keep a list of houses like that in my head. They're my favorite houses. Whenever I drive past them, I'm always looking at them for details because there's such a wealth of information when you see a house like this. All the little details matter and all the little details add up to what it is. You know, it's like looking at a beautiful sailboat and you think, what is it that makes this sailboat so beautiful? It's all the little things. And so the more I can pay attention to all the little details every time I pass one of these houses and think about, well, how is that? And can I incorporate something like that into my home? And the more I can create those details for myself. Um, at any rate, I wrote them down in my pocket notebooks. I can remember them later. But uh, it was a really special part of the day. Thank you for listening. Talk tomorrow.